I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. You're here for a weekend update for the week ending Friday, November 29, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We're coming off a very quiet, low volume, low participation holiday week. So should we expect a pickup in volatility? Should we expect trading to pick up based on or as compared to the previous week? The short answer is yes, we should. The real question is what the heck's going to happen and how do we decipher the chart? How do we figure out whether we're going to continue to have a melt up or is the market going to come back down to earth? That's the $64,000 question. We're going to try and answer that. We're going to answer a whole lot of other questions. We're going to go over a whole lot of things, a whole lot of charts. And the goal is simple, to leave this video with more knowledge than you showed up with. Let's start with the obvious. The S&P 500 remains in a very, very strong uptrend. We know without a shadow of a doubt, the trend is your friend until it's not. So that's the bigger picture. The trend is up. The market is strong. Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the market. Here's a snapshot of the weekly chart. Same picture. While we are getting extended or quote unquote, and these are air quotes, overbought. And again, the reason why I don't like that term is simply because there's no measurement for overbought. There's indicators, but there's no measurement for how much overbought or oversold can a chart or a market become. And the answer is there is no answer. So what we use it for is more of an awareness. We're aware the market is stretched. We'll use that term stretched on the top side in the northern direction, but that doesn't mean it can't stretch farther. We'll use it as an awareness. We know that the market, at least at present, is in a little bit of the redonkulous camp, but we can stay in redonkulous for a while. We're going to drill down and look at some shorter term charts because I think they are relevant. Before we do that, I want to talk about something a little bit obscure, but at the same time, it's really not. I just mentioned that the market is somewhat in the redonkulous camp. But again, we need to recognize and have an awareness that just because we believe it's overvalued, higher than it should be, whatever the case is, whatever the term you want to use is, just because we believe something doesn't mean A, we're right, or the present can't continue. Let me throw out the term cognitive bias. We all know what a bias is, and we all know that our mind plays games with us. We read certain things, we believe certain things. Sometimes we believe what we read, sometimes we don't. But what tends to happen more often than not is we end up going and searching for the type of news or type of analysis or type of information that we want to hear. That being said, a cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from norm or rationality in judgment. What that means in English is individuals create their own subjective social reality from their perception of the input. That's also a fancy way to say, hey, we just went to get the news that we wanted to hear. What all this means is we're feeding the beast. 
we may subconsciously or potentially we believe consciously believe that we're objective yet what we tend to do even when we see a piece of information contrary to what we may believe our alter ego tends to find reasons or flaws with that piece of information analysis news item whatever it is then in our own mind we discard it and go back to what we want to believe why am i mentioning all this you know why because that exact circumstance is what has a tendency to drive trading decisions and more often than not they're bad decisions or the wrong decisions they're not necessarily decisions based on the fact pattern on the charts and here's where we can tie this all together how do you make the distinction between the fact patterns on the charts and what you believe to be true which may not necessarily match which obviously can be the problem the answer is you have to have a systematic approach for taking trades whether they're intraday trades or swing trades it's a systematic approach based only on the information provided from the chart period full stop how do you do that that's precisely what traders learn by taking the course lazy e-mini trader you learn how to trade mechanically essentially by a set of rules something is either present or not present on a chart which dictates what our next move is or is not going to be you're essentially playing by a set of rules what does that do it takes the guesswork out of the equation okay off the soapbox back to the chart do we have a top in the market does the S&P daily chart show a top no it doesn't could it be a top from Friday it could but the chart doesn't say that we won't know that until something else happens in the southern direction if that's going to happen we don't know if it will or it won't we're just taking in the information applying it where it can be applied we don't have any information of a top so therefore we default to the trend is up there's nothing wrong with the market that's what the daily chart says that's what the weekly chart says what do some of the other charts say if we squeeze it down to an intraday time frame do we have other charts that may be starting to tell a different story how about a 240 minute chart well we don't see anything materially different however we do see something a little hokey what's that tail candle where did it come from and should we pay attention to it let's find out that tail candle looks like it ran up or a price ran up to fill a gap let's find out what the high of the tail candle is the high is 315.45 let's go back to the daily chart for a moment and just double check that that was in fact the high of the day so the high of the day on the daily chart shows 315.13 so already we have an assemblance of hocus pocus let's swing down to an hourly chart and double check what we see there we see the same tail candle we see the same high at 315.45 only that really wasn't the high of the day what is this telling us should we read into this let's look a little bit farther see what else we have on the chart that might give us evidence of what's going on so we know that this particular tail candle or this candle went up to fill the gap but we don't think that was a real trade we don't think price was actually up there why because the daily chart doesn't show price up there if we flip it around and we look down below we recall that 
There's an open gap here, and that gap actually would be filled at 314.02, and the low of day here on the candle ending at 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon on Friday shows a low of 314.06. So they don't fill the gap down below, and then they have shenanigans to make it appear as though they filled the gap up above. How are we going to read that? So on one hand, not being able to get to the gap and trading away from it in the northern direction, that's the gap over here I'm referring to, that's bullish behavior, but what do we make out of the shenanigans that happened later on? We can't know for sure, but here's the way we're going to treat it for now. If price is opening up positive on Monday, we're going to remember that there was something strange on the chart all the way up to the gap, which is basically at the all-time high, give or take. And not give or take much, it's basically the all-time high. Further that, staying above all the moving averages is certainly positive for the market, so there's no reason they can't continue to make all-time highs. Not necessarily tying in this tail candle to new all-time highs, I'm just saying as long as we stay in this upper portion of the chart, there's nothing wrong with the market, and maybe that was nothing more than a prelude of price to come. What about the other side? What happens if, for argument's sake, we show up Monday and the market is trading lower? Are they going to fill the gap that was missed by a few pennies and then turn around and head north again? Or would we expect that if they're trading lower, that the gap wouldn't necessarily be support? They would trade even lower than that. And if so, where is that spot? There is a spot, it's very obvious, something that's taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader, and as a just-in-caser, inside the numbers members will have those numbers first thing Monday morning as a just-in-caser. We'll have them on the SPY, we'll have them on the ES or the S&P e-mini futures contract, and we'll have them lock, stock, and barrel. Moving over into Camp IWM, is this chart telling us anything, A, we need to know, we want to know, anything interesting? Is there any information we can draw from this chart whatsoever? The answer is, it's bullish, there's nothing wrong, we had that big blast-off rocket ride after the what? The bull flag pattern. Where's the bull flag pattern? Here's your flagpole, here's the flag, and this is essentially what happened Here's your rocket ride. And now all the market is doing is digesting some of the move that just happened. That's normal garden variety market behavior. Based on this daily chart, can you see the reason why the market essentially stopped going higher and pulled back a little bit after hitting what we would say is overhead resistance? The answer is you can't see it on the daily chart but if we flip over to the weekly, it becomes very obvious and something we discuss on a consistent basis. What is that? You had a breakdown candle high right here that price ran into and was, at least for the time being, temporarily rejected. But you have to look at the bull side of the equation. This is breaking out of the top end of a range that this chart or the IWM has essentially traded in for a very, very long time. So there's a couple of things that we need to note on this. A, getting back inside this channel and below these moving averages on weekly closes would certainly be extremely negative for the IWM. 
We don't have that now. We've been trading basically above the top end of this range or at least arguably at the top end of the range for several weeks. So coming back to test the point in which the IWM had just broken out from is to be expected. We just don't have to expect it tomorrow. Right now it's bullish. It's in an uptrend. And that's the way we have no choice but to view the chart until that story changes. Until and unless the IWM actually comes down to and begins closing daily below 159, there's technically nothing wrong with this chart. Now, there is something else. So the S&P 500 was down about four-tenths of 1% on Friday. Okay, the IWM was down over six-tenths of 1%. It's more, it's my favorite market-leading indicator, but it's not enough of a red flag to give us a definitive answer one way or the other. We'll look farther. We do want to note it. It is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Taking a swing by the transportation department, it was down over eight-tenths of 1%. So that in itself is part of the reason why the underperformance against the S&P that the IWM had had more weighting with me. If it was a standalone, not so much. But coupled with the transports, I'm going to give it just that much more weight. It is interesting that the transports ran up to fill that gap the other day and haven't really stayed up in that zone. They did fall away. Here's a breakup candle. Maybe they're coming down to test the bottom portion of the breakup candle. Maybe they'll go up again. We don't know yet, but it's interesting. We're lagging in the transports. It is a canary in the coal mine. Second favorite market leading indicator. These are puzzle pieces, they're on the table. Big picture, nothing technically wrong with this market. Continuing on the big picture perspective commentary, what's the weekly chart really doing here? Let's take a gander. Little over a year ago, the transports fall out of bed, right over here. So end of September or into September, tops out. October falls out of bed. Market tries to rally back and collapses. So we know up here is a very, very important area. Showed it to us a couple of times. Big breakdown candle, tried to rally back, couldn't even make it to the top. Market collapses, rallied all the way back, couldn't do it. Market rejected, and here we are again making another attempt. So we've made multiple attempts up in this area. Each and every time the transports get above their weekly moving averages, they end up falling away. Here we are again. So from a weekly chart perspective, There's nothing wrong with this market. It's grinding higher. But on the daily chart, we can get a little bit more of a refined view. And from a shorter term perspective, we see they just filled a gap. They've been short term rejected at the gap. If we trade higher and they begin trading above that gap, we know what that means. Obviously, we're going to take it at face value and call it what it is. It's bullish behavior. Higher prices would likely be on the way what about the tech stuff anything wrong with the Q's chart any evidence on the Q's chart is the Q's chart telling us anything answer is no looks like the daily chart of the S&P for the most part we don't really have to spend a lot of time on this chart I can tell you by looking at another screen everything past the hourly chart is basically above all the moving averages technically speaking 
Nothing wrong with this market. Here is the hourly chart, and if we do wake up to a down market on Monday, you can see pretty obvious certain areas of interest. You have a gap down here. This comes in at roughly 204.5. You have a 50-period moving average. You have a breakout area. You have a lot of stuff. What about the XLF, representative of the financial sector? In an uptrend, nothing wrong. In concept, it looks pretty similar to in a shorter version or a compressed version of what the IWM just did. It basically went sideways to eat time off the clock and then making another run higher. Nothing wrong with this market. And what we do know about the financials is if the financials are acting fine, there's technically nothing wrong with the market. If the financials begin to melt away, we know something else sinister underneath the market is likely ahead. For now, we just move it along, respect the trend. Now here's one, what about the SMH? Now let's put this in perspective. The SMH is a pretty good proxy for the tech space. It's a good leading indicator. On Friday, it was down over 1%. So we had the SMH down, we had the IWM down, we had the transports down. So all the leading indicators that we discuss were down. Is that an accident or a coincidence? Or in a very quiet, nondescript market, is she trying to tell us something? I'm going to apply the 80-20 rule and the duck rule. I think it's a caution flag. The fact that the SMH, IWM, and transports all were leading to the downside in the southern direction. I think it's a caution flag. We're taking it at face value. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck until proven otherwise 80-20 rule applies 80% of the time. When you start to see this stuff, there's probably more downside coming. We don't know that for a fact. We're reading the market. At least in my book, this is what she's trying to say. How about moving over to gold and discussing this chart for a while? Do we see anything bullish? Do we see anything bearish? What's this chart trying to say? Not much has really changed below all the moving averages. It is making essentially a bear flag pattern. It is somewhat sloppy. We can't really call it a flag. We're just going to call it a bearish, wedgish type of formation. I hate getting wrapped up in the semantics. This is the actual December contract. We were just looking at the continuous contract. This is the one where I showed the gap before at 1432. Here's the issue. Is the gap still good? And the answer is, we don't know. That's not the answer you're looking for, but let me explain why. Let's say for argument's sake, price came into the gap on the way down over here. So instead of stopping right here, if it came straight into the gap, that's really a quality trade. And based on how it got in there and when it got in there at the time, it could have been a real high quality trade, like the kind you take with three hands. But now, we had one of those near misses. Price traded away from it, we're eating time off the clock, and they can't get above the moving averages. So until basically price can get above and start closing daily above 14.94, I'm rounding, then the risk is still to the downside. And the problem is, we don't know whether that gap that still exists is going to catch price or not. So to answer the question directly that I get a lot through email, and I'm fine with that, To answer the question about gold, and do you still like the gap, there's your answer. We don't know. It's not the same gap that it was before. Technically, it's still the same gap, but we can't treat it the same way. No way, no how.
And here's a really, really important takeaway. And those traders that have been around for a while know exactly what we're talking about. The fact that this gap is not the same anymore. Not all gaps are created equal, however we want to describe it. But here's the kicker. Knowing this, and this is the type of stuff that's taught in the course also. Knowing this will keep you away from a really, really bad trade. And by the way, the other side of that is it may keep you away from the trade and the gap may still work. We don't know, but what we want to do is take the highest probability trades on the board. This is no longer the highest probability trade. Maybe when we get to the gap, I'll feel differently, but right now, if we came toward that number sooner than later, it's not the same trade. And with that, folks, I think it's a good place to pull the ripcord for today. I certainly will not do so before thanking each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.